You see my graphic topic is say too slow. Come on, say too slow to reach your purpose. You got a guy riding on a turtle, but he looks like he's going fast, but can't go but so fast on a turtle. In our study today, you, some of you that are not familiar with sermon notes, they're a tool to help you follow me along, and it kind of helps speed through the sermon verses and all. But I want you to track with me. Um, there are four things that we're tracking on regarding this topic. We're going to switch and next month and talk about too fast. Too fast to reach your purpose. In life, you can go one of two extremes. You can be too fast or you can be too slow. I have concerns, I'll share in a moment, about us. I want to make sure we're not going too fast. I want to make sure we're not going too slow. In life, there are just moments when you, you just think you got it right, but you don't. And I want you to look with me at a book of Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And I'm going to show you a guy who I believe went too slow. He had plenty of opportunity to catch on, but he didn't. Now, in our previous studies, there were three things, two things I've said to you so far. The first reason I gave you two weeks ago was I talked about how rebellion can slow you down. Can you sit that with me, please? Come on. Rebellion can slow you down. Say it again. Come on. Rebellion can slow you down. I've used Israel as an example, and I talked about how they as a nation just decided to say, no, we're not going into the promised land. We're not going to make adjustments. And oftentimes in our lives, we can become people who just say, no, I'm not going to exercise. I'm not going to eat right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to church. I'm not going to give. I'm not, I'm not changing. I'm not putting up with this man. I'm not putting up with this woman. I'm not going to help. I'm, I'm not. And you have a lot of no's. And if you're not careful, you can be pushing back on things you shouldn't be pushing back on. So rebellion can be the first reason, you, the first thing that slows you down. The second thing that can slow you down is not being prepared. So say, come on, say, uh, not being prepared, not being prepared. And, being and being rebellious. When you're not prepared, no matter how desirous you are of advancement, sometimes you're just not ready for it. There, there, there's no way that you could ever have a good marriage because you're not prepared for the dynamics and the demands of a relationship. You don't want anybody in your space or in your business. And so anybody that gets close to you, and you can tell this by your previous relationships, if every relationship ends in the same place, every relationship ends in the same issue, same issues, sometimes it's not the person you're dating. Sometimes it's the lack of preparation for relationships. Same thing with jobs. You go to, no matter what job you work on, you come to the same place. So I want you to think with me. I gave you an example in our last study last week. I talked about Joseph. And I said Joseph was in prison for 13 years. He was enslaved for 13 unfair years. But what was interesting was when he came to the 13th year and, and Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't interpret. The dream was seven fat cows, seven skinny cows. And the seven fat cows were symbols of seven years of plenty. And the seven skinny cows were seven years of famine. He couldn't interpret this. He didn't know what that meant. So he called Joseph. Joseph told him, this is what I believe this means. And when he told him, he said the seven skinny cows ate up the seven fat cows. And what that was a symbol of is the seven years of famine are going to be so bad, you'll forget you ever prospered. So Joseph gave what I call a Joseph's answer. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. A Joseph's answer. He was prepared. He was prepared. He wasn't just a guy who was just sitting now for 13 years being angry. 
some of us, some of us become consumed with what happened to us. As a matter of fact, you tell everybody. When people meet you, talk to you, you testify, you over-testify. And so for 13 years, Joseph could have been frustrated. Joseph could have been a mad person, but he wasn't. Now, here's what I want you to hear. This, this was a moment when he stood before Pharaoh. He could have said, well, before I tell you the interpretation of the dream, let me tell you what you did wrong to me. But he didn't. His attitude could have locked him out of an opportunity. So at the 13th year, when he stood before Pharaoh, he had an answer. He said, what you should do is something we all should do. Say, save. save. Come on, say it again. That's a big word. Say, save. Save, save one-fifth of everything that comes in. And when you save it, that will help you during the years of famine. Now, what was fascinating was he was a guy who was prepared. And this is what I want you to notice. There are things that God cannot do in your life if you're not prepared. Now, churches are going through a, a big change. And if they're going to ever be uh, successful, they have to speed up and get prepared. For example, right now, um, church, the way it's defined, the way it's seen, is totally different. Right now, there are as many people home as are in this building watching the service. And what's amazing is, watch this now, they think they're in church. So let me just tell them right now, let me tell you something, just for your information, you are in church. Come on, give them a big hand, praise God, they are in church. But most churches are not prepared. They're not prepared for changes. They're not prepared for young people. They're not prepared for the way people think. They're not prepared. And so a lot of times what happens is you can't have uh, what you pray for because you're too slow. Too slow to adjust, too slow to change, too slow to hear. Sometimes Christian culture, the way you have been trained as a Christian, the way you've been trained as a believer, you really think Everybody thinks like you, and you are slow, 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 and you don't find that out until you engage with young people, and they help you understand, and I'll talk more about this later on. They'll help you understand that sometimes we're just moving too slow. And so in our study today, I'm taking a third look. Rebellion can slow you down. Not being properly prepared for change or prepared for opportunity can slow you down. The train can come to your doorstep, but you're too slow. You don't get on the train. Your attitude keeps you off the train, your frustrations keep you off the train, and you can't catch the train. Third thing that can slow you down is frustrated ambition. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Frustrated ambition. Now, here's what I want you to do. Today, I'm going to take you to the book of Acts, like I just mentioned, chapter 1, and I'm going to show you a frustrated guy. His name is Judas. He's frustrated because life has not turned out the way he planned it. And I want you to be clear. He had a specific plan. He had a specific time frame. Three and a half years had gone by, and it was not working out right. Three and a half years of investment. Now, this is a money guy. He's a, he's a treasurer, and he's embezzling. He's stealing money, and there's this amazing other side to him. In the book of John, chapter 13, I believe, John mentions that he was, an, he was a guy who stole money. And when, he, when Jesus uh, had the incident where the woman poured... Um, oil on him and, 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 and wiped it off with her hair. He said, you could have taken that money and done something with it. No, his slice of the pie was going to be missing. That's what John said. And so what I want you to understand is there's this amazing moment in John chapter 13 where you realize here's a guy who's lost. Now, in our study today, Acts chapter 1, he is already um, off. He's already gone. He's already died. He uh, 
committed suicide. And here's what was said about him in Acts chapter 1, verse 15. During this time, Peter stood up in the, in the company, and there was about 120 of them in the room at that time, and said, Friends, long ago the Holy Spirit spoke through David regarding Judas, who became the guide to those who arrested Jesus. Pause. Notice, whenever you think of Judas, you think of a betrayer. This was a guy who, for a few pieces of silver, betrayed Jesus. Now watch this. That scripture had to be fulfilled and now has been. Judas was one of us and had his assigned place in this ministry. Now, what I want you to notice is here's a guy who had every opportunity that all the other 11 disciples had. This is a guy, and I, I gave you a list of things that Jesus did in front of Judas. And what, what you're going to learn is some people, no matter what they're exposed to, they have their own personal ambition. You can talk to them. You can say what you want to say, but their mind's in another place. Listen to what Judas saw. After years of exposure to Christ and miracles, parables, trips, sermons, Judas was slow to catch on. His frustrated ambition was fed by his immature spiritual perception. Judas was the kind of guy that had his view and no matter what he saw, and he saw a lot. Watch this. He saw 36 miracles. There's a book called Bible List. You should get it. It's by Harrington um, Harold Wilmington, and it gives these incredible list of things. So if you want to know how many miracles were in the Bible, you want to know how many times did Jesus walk on the water, all of it is listed. And, and it, what it says is Judas, think about this now, he sat there and he saw 36 miracles. How many miracles did he see? 36. Watch this now. He saw three people raised from the dead. Three people. He saw Lazarus. He saw the widow of Nain. He saw Jairus' daughter. All he, Front row seats. Judas saw Jesus walk on the water. He was one of the guys in the boat. He was one of the guys who saw it with his own eyes. This is not a guy who was confused. Notice this. Judas, Judas heard 38 parables. How many parables did he hear? 38. Listen to this. Judas saw Jesus fulfill 45 major prophecies. He saw it with his own eyes. He watched Jesus Give 22. Now, what's interesting is when you sit there and you think, okay, he saw, he saw Jesus, he saw the miracles, and, and you're thinking, what, why don't you get it? Why are you so slow to get who he is? Well, flip the switch for a minute. You've been in how many church services? You've, been, you've seen how much money has God given you? How many times has God healed you? How many times have you prayed? Before you, before you judge this guy, I want you to take a step back, and I want you to think about this for a minute. Ask your neighbor, say, how many things, come on, ask your neighbor, say, how many things, how many things have, you seen? have you seen? Now, I've, I want you to think with me. I, I'm, I'm listening to this guy, and you know, whenever you talk about Judas, whenever you talk about somebody like this, you want to you just blame them. But I, I took a step back and asked myself some questions. And I want you to just listen to me for a minute. Just think with me. Think with me. What would be your answer to this question? Are you frustrated right now? by how your life has turned out. Judas came to a point, I'm going to show you five reasons he was frustrated in a minute. But I want to, I want to ask you, are you right now frustrated in your life? You, you, you've had ambitions and dreams like he had, but they haven't worked out right. Now, let me just say this first. 
Ambition is a good thing. As a matter of fact, let me say this. I think that Christians, believers, oftentimes aren't ambitious enough. I think we're not, we, we, should, we should want more. We should have passion and desire. As a matter of fact, that's what motivated this series. I want to go back to the top of the notes, and I want to show you three reasons why I'm preaching this series. Three concerns that I have that drove me as a pastor to talk about this whole issue of going too slow. The first concern I have is that sometimes I think we can sometimes not go fast enough. I'm concerned about our speed. I'm concerned about the way that we, the time it takes for us to, <laughs> excuse me, to, to engage stuff. Secondly, I'm concerned about our responses. Sometimes you respond, but your response is so slow that you might as well not respond to it. Let, let, let me give you an example. You ready? Watch this. I want everybody to give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Come on, big hand clap. Okay. All right. That's good. Now, that, that's a good start. I want you, now I want everybody, because everybody can clap, okay? I want everybody to please give the Lord a big hand clap. Come on. There you go. That's a little better. A little better. Now, here's, here's the third one. You ready? I want you to clap, yell, and scream. You ready? One, two, three. Come on. Now, now here's, here's a question. What team do you want to play on? What, 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 think about it for a second. When you think about of those three teams, the team that's the most intimidating, the team that will raise the most opposition is the third team. Here's, here's what I believe. Sometimes the problem we have in life is our family is like the first team, not the third team. Our responses, grandmama needs some help. Grandmama is sick. Grandmama needs some, some help. Well, see, now, we, we, we want to pray, but when it comes to grandmama needs some money, now, now everybody's quiet. See, our responses are slow. Our, our responses are, are, are sometimes in order for the family to get to the place it dreams to be, starting a business, creating some new opportunities, uh, going back to school. You move too slow. And if we're not careful as a church, I want you to hear me carefully. If we're not careful, our responses, if we're not careful, can be slow. If we're not careful. I, now, what's really impressive, man, we, look at our bulletins. Look at, look at our, go, go online. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We, I can, I can, I can, you could be impressed being in this environment. There's 3,200 active members. Our church is diverse. Online, in person, on demand, 3,600 people go watch this after we're done. I mean, hey, it, it, it's not just those that are in the room. 60% of our money comes outside of the building. It's not even all about in the building. I mean, it's amazing. Last year alone, we took in $1.2 million just online. Come on, amen. Just online. Now, but, but, here, here's, so I don't want you, but, but here's the question. But what about you individually? Now, just forget everybody else around you because here's what happens. It, it's, it's, if, if, if there's 10 of us and seven of us are dragging the wagon fast, the, the, the three of us will get tired pulling the other seven. It, so you need to ask yourself a question. How fast am I going? Not, not how fast is the team going, how fast the truck is going. How much do I contribute to that? For example, just, just think about if everybody were like me, if everybody prayed like I prayed, if everybody was as focused as I am spiritually, if everybody was like me, where would we be? And there's something about understanding 
the, the 12 disciples were getting it. 12 guys were connecting. One guy was not. And there's something about us as a church. We have to make sure that we're responding because here's what can happen. You ready? Here's my third concern. As you get older, you lose things. As you get older, you change. I'm 58 years old. The average age in our church is 31, which is pretty cool. We have, but, but here's what I want you to be careful about. The older you get, the less you care about things. For example, uh, uh, <laughs> how many of you have in your house right now school-age children that live with you? Raise your hand. Okay, about, about 40% of you. Now, I want you to understand, that's probably the lowest we've had in our church history. The older we get, the longer we live. That's why churches that are 100 years old have a horrible time keeping young people because as you get older, there are things you don't know. For example, I don't know when school starts and I don't know when it ends. <laughs> but there was a time when I knew exactly because I had to get up with them to prepare them to go. But now I can sleep. I ride through the school zone like, hey, school must be in. School closed? What's that? Now, I'm just, see, so, so think about it. If I'm the leader of the church and I'm not thinking about young people because that's no longer a part of my life, then what happens is they don't think about it. And so what, what can begin to happen is you, you become distant. That, that's why I think God gives you grandchildren to keep you sliding you back in there. Them grandchildren to pull you all the way back in school and picking up and all that stuff. And there's something, that, <laughs> excuse me, there's something that happens to us when we, when we fail to stay connected. And my concern, my concern is that we have to focus. That's why I established the four tribes that we focus on. You hear more about those? To make sure that we stay digitally focused. Because there's a whole, there are thousands. There's literally, no, listen to me. There's thousands. Churches change. They're not all coming. You come on average now once or twice a month. Now, I want you to think about that. Now, I, 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 I try to tell you, okay, come once or twice a month and stream in once. Now, that means I got you three times. I'm really tricking you. Because I, want, I, I understand your reality. And I understand world's change. But see, notice with me. If, 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 I, if I lose my connection with the digital folks, if I lose my connection with the world, I can easily just sit in this building and, um, and just talk to you. You know, I had an experience this week. I went to meet with um, a wonderful group, Inland Missions in, in Atlanta, and they do long-term missions. And we have another group we work with um, that is, um, that, that's really exciting to us. Praying Pelicans is their name. And they, they, I call them the, the Google of missions. They're like young people. They're incredible. They look like a bunch of Google employees. They are, uh, are Apple employees, and they send 9,000 people to 14 or so countries a year. Incredible. And, and so I was with, meeting with, with this other group uh, <coughs> this other, the other day. They heard me speak at a conference last year and, uh, at, a, at a university, and uh, we sat at the same table, and we're talking about missions, and they focus on African missions specifically. And let me, tell you, let me tell you a takeaway that I, I gained from, from our meeting this week. Generally, we go and we do medical missions as a church, which is really an accomplishment. We go for a week or so, 14 days. They send people on long-term missions trips. 
And what, when, we t- when I left the meeting, here's what I thought. So you want to go in and visit. You want to be like Santa Claus, drop in and do a little bit. But how committed are you to establishing a long-term relationship with the country? How willing are you to identify a place in the world, a group of people that we can adopt and say, we want to help you for 10 years? There's a friend of mine who is the president of this university that I spoke at. He's from Kenya. And he was a Kenyan student. And this church that's in Atlanta adopted his, his, um, his country and adopted his, his um, community. And they would bring students over. And slowly over time, this guy went from being just a regular student to one day coming over on a missionary trip that they sponsored. And then eventually he went back and got his uh, BA. And then he went back and got his master's degree. And then he went back and got his PhD. And now he's the professor of the university, all because a church adopted his community. Come on, say amen. You hear what I'm saying? Amazing. And what's really amazing, Benson Karunja's story, Dr. Karunja's story is, is, is indicative of what some people get. Sometimes, if I'm not careful, I can, I can lose my concern for the world. I can lose, I can get to the point, somebody asked me the other day, they asked me to come to Cuba to do a, um, a youth conference just the other day. And I thought, really? And I thought, why should I go to Cuba? I don't know anybody in Cuba. But, but the, 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 the people know of me, so they will, and I, I, Temple, are you going to just... Stay in your part of the world. Is that, is that where you're going to live? See, it's so easy to lose interest. It's so easy. And I'm concerned that we, if we're not careful, that can happen. So here's, here's, here's what I, I want you to learn. Look at this guy's life, Judas. And, and think of it in this term. He climbed up in a tree and he saw the world from one view. When you climb up in a tree, you see one angle. But that, the tree he climbed up in... All he can see was my ambition, my dreams are not coming true. The way I plan my life is not working out. And so I need to get out of this. He, some of us are like that. Something in your life did not work out right. And instead of backing up and asking for help, you are now bent on one attitude. Now, what you could do is climb out of that tree and climb up into another tree. And you can look at the world from another angle. Sometimes it's not what's happening to you, it's the tree you're in. It's the, th- the way you choose to look at your marriage. It's the way you choose. Look, you, to you, he looks like Fred Flintstone. Now, somebody else see him? Oh, I can work with that. Oh, I can fix him up. We can work that. But we, can, we can fix that up. It's, it's, it's the way you're seeing the world. Come on, say it with me, please. Say, climb down out of this tree and try another one. It's, 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 if you've never been to the beach, my wife loves water. And she loves, she loves, and there's nothing like it. There's, there, there's so many things that are not the way you see them. And you know what's really tragic? Judas pursued his attitude And it wasn't until he had betrayed Jesus that he got up in another tree. But it was too late. See, I want you to understand, he'd already put things in motion. Sometimes, sometimes some of you, if you've you've been divorced, I understand that there 
There's a whole lot of reasons people go through that. But, but just think for a minute. There's at least one person who would say, if I was in another tree, if I had a different approach to relationships, if I had a different attitude, things could have been different. And there's something about backing up for a minute, just, just for a minute. And, I, and this thought has helped me this week. Temple, get out of that tree. Frustrated ambition. Judas had views and expectations that were unreasonable. There, there was no basis for him to think what he thought. Well, you know, he could say, well, Jesus said this, Jesus said that, but he didn't ask. And, 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 and then the biggest problem is sometimes even if you ask, it's just not the time to know. It, let me say it again. It's not the time to know. It's going to take another few months, a year, to, for you to get to the place where you can know this. And so the other 11 guys were okay, but not him. Be careful when you're the most frustrated person in your family. Be careful when you're the angriest individual. Be careful that you're not just in the wrong tree looking at it the wrong way. I saw a movie last night. I just, I, don't, I, I just, I, know, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I, well, I'm, a, I'm a movie fan. But this one was on TV, and I had to run out, and I thought, let me tape it. And I went back and watched it. And it's a movie called Killing, Killing Dad. That's what the movie's name. And, and in this movie, she was, she was bent on this idea that her dad was a bad person, and she was bent on killing her dad. And so slowly she worked it all out and, 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 and got a guy to come and suffocate him. He was laying, couldn't move, he was paralyzed. And so he, he could hear, but he couldn't talk. And um, at the end of the movie, I'm going I'm to I'm 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 cheat you out of it. At the end of the movie, <clears throat> she discovers she was wrong. She discovers that he loved her. She, she discovered that she was a problem. And, and so there's just, there's just, sometimes you are so frustrated. Now, let me give you five reasons that Jesus was frustrated and we're done. You ready? Five reasons. Number one, the source of his frustration. And again, I, these answers are just amazing. John 16. Repeat them with me, please. He was frustrated, he was frustrated. by new information. Now, remember, he, he's following Jesus around for three and a half years, right? And then Jesus said these words in John 16, 1. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. I don't want you to, be stum I want you to stumble. I don't want you to be confused or surprised. Verse 2, they will put you out of the synagogues. Really? Yes. Uh, and then whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. Okay, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Okay, so... so uh, you're saying, after I, after I follow you for three and a half years, they're going to kick me out of the church, and they're going to kill me. <laughs> Let's make this interesting. Let's say you joined Overcoming by Faith, and after you joined, I said, well, they're going to kick you off, off your job, and they're going to kill you. That's what happens to people who join this church. Some of you would say, uh, I resigned my membership. Uh, I mean, please understand, he's frustrated because this is, New information. Secondly, he's frustrated by the fear of isolation. Jesus kept on saying, I'm going away. Okay, verse 5. But now I go away uh, to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? Sorrows filled your heart, but I go away. Now, he kept saying over and over again, I'm going away. Now, think about it for a second. Okay, so I tell you, 
join overcome by faith. They're going to fire you from your job. They're going to kill you, and I'm leaving. Uh, I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to catch a hold of this now. Okay, so, so, so this is kind of frustrating because this is not what I planned. Number, four, number three, he's frustrated by a confusing new focus. Here's what he says. And, he, and when he has come, the, he will convict the world. He's going to send this thing called the Holy Spirit. Now, okay, so let me understand. You're going to leave. You're going to send something called the Holy what? Spirit. Okay. And uh, then he goes on in verse 12 and says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them. And there's a whole lot more to say, but I can't tell you now. You said enough. You're going, I'm going to die. You're leaving. I mean, I'm, I'm just let's be clear for a minute. If you want to be fair, this is kind of like real shocking information. Now, keep on reading. Number four, he's frustrated by, here's the thought, you will not see me. Okay, we're back to the you're leaving again part. Okay. Some of his disciples said among themselves, verse 17, what is he saying? What is he saying? So, please note, it's not just Judas, but please note the response of the 11 compared to him. They were frustrated too. See, frustration is part of success. It is part of running a business. It's part of having children. It's part, you know, when, you, when you're a parent and you've had children and they're young and they run from you and they, they're getting away, you know, as an older parent, 58, I just trip them. You know, you know I kind of help them. No, no, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. But you, you've been there. You know what I'm saying? They, they, I, I remember Ricky, Ricky, was, Ricky was walking at seven months. Seven months. Good. Ricky wasn't walking half good. At seven months, he was really walking. And he was seven months. How old was he? Imagine him in the mall. Imagine him in a store. Ricky used to love to go in between the clothes in the clothing rack and run between the clothes. Well, you know all the jackets are flying out, and I'm trying to catch him. But how old is he? Seven months. See, now I want you to understand. That was frustrating. It was frustrating when he locked himself in the bathroom, not the bathroom, in the, um, in the uh, dressing room. At what store what was that down? Your store was? Penny's. And he locked himself in J.C. Penny's uh, dressing uh, room and would not come out. And <laughs> Diane came. I've told the story many times and said, could you please get him out? There are people are waiting to use the dressing room. And I said, Ricky, now would you come out? He said, no, because you're going to beat me. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Frustrating. Oh, I can tell some stories about that boy. My, now, I don't wear wedding rings because my fingers swell. I really would. I'm a bling, bling guy. I would. And, uh, but but I, I, it's, my wife is, well, I just act married. Say amen, all right? Now, but, but I had my first wedding ring. I had it on the counter, and Ricky, Ricky uh, did something with it. I've never found it, my initial wedding band. I asked him, what did you do with my ring? He said, Ricky. Where's my ring? Ring, ring. Where's your badge? You know, you're just frustrating. Frustrating. He took my keys. I got a lot of them, I can tell you. He took my keys. And I said, Ricky, where are my keys? He said, keys. Then he could talk a little bit. He said, keys? I said, yes, keys. Keys? I said, yes, my keys. What'd you do with my keys? And he, he said, okay. And he went to the kitchen, opened the cabinet where the pots were, climbed in with his butt out, in the back of the pots and say, keys. <laughs> you put my keys behind the pots, boy. Oh, frustrating. 
One more story. He walks up to me and says, you want to eat? I said, yeah. What you got? He gave us the one. That tastes good? I said, it's good. He said, you want some more? I said, yeah. And the Spirit of God said, go see where he got it from. <laughs> Spirit of God told me, go check. Better go check where he got it from. I went, that boy has getting stuff off the floor. That boy been getting stuff off the floor. He spilled on the floor, and he brought bringing me. I said, what are you doing? Don't get, don't, get, don't get me stuff off the floor. Everybody say frustrated. frustrated. I got more stories than that. Be home at what time? 11 o'clock. What time are you going to be home? 11 o'clock, 11.05. Where you at? Oh, it's 11.05. It's, 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 it's part of success. It's part of pastoring. It's part of fathering. You up in this tree complaining because it didn't turn out right? It's supposed to be challenging. It's supposed to be. We're in a warfare. We're fighting. The key thing is to balance it out and not lose your mind because it's not like what you thought. And Judas just wasn't balanced. He just, the other 11 guys were as frustrated, as confused. One guy said, well, let's go die. I mean, they, they were scared to death. Jesus only went to one city and got in trouble, almost got killed. He wanted to go back. To me, you try to kill me one time, we ain't coming back. <laughs> five, number five, last thing. He was frustrated because Jesus started talking about being scattered. Jesus answered them, do you not know, verse 31? Do you, do you not believe? Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now comes right upon us. You'll be scattered. Lord, Jesus, what in the world? What has happened? You can relate to that. This marriage, what in the world? What in the world? What, what is this? What is it? What is it? And, and, and on your side of the river, what's happening to this church? What is it? You got sermon notes and a cup of water. And, and it ain't, you need to preach, hold us something. Not what I expected. I thought it was going to be, ah, you know, you you got in your mind this view. And you know what's amazing? You'll miss them good. The very college classes you hate are the ones you'll need in business. The very things you don't like people to tell you right now that frustrate you. When they tell you about being late, those are the very things that will help you make money. There are things right now that frustrate you. If Judas could have just calmed down, it's good to have ambition, sir. It's good to have a desire. But you're too frustrated. And that's going to slow you down. You're not going to get to your purpose because every job you get on, you get frustrated. Everybody you meet, friends, doesn't matter. Here's what Judas forgot, and I'm, I'm done. John 16, 13. Here's something he overlooked. Jesus told him when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you. You're not going to get it right away, but I promise you, I'll send you the information. It's coming. There's something about knowing that, okay, we're in this season in our relationship. I'm really not 
I'm, I'm really frustrated, but I'm willing to wait for the help. I'm willing to work my way through it. There's something about the 11 guys who were willing to press through their frustration, press through their confusion, climb up another tree, and one guy who absolutely refused. And I want to ask you something. Is that you? Are you in a place where you are so frustrated because life has not turned out the way you planned it that you are in the wrong tree with the wrong attitude? And I want to tell you something. In the end, it hurt him. In the end, he was a loser. And, and I want to tell you, I, I, I have a lot of reasons to be frustrated. I, there are things I don't like about my job. I, li- I love people. Uh, but there are times when I, I, I just have certain feelings and emotions, just like you do. And, and, and I, I always say, I say it all the time, I said, Diane, I wonder, how did I get a job when I'm in front of people all the time? How did I get a job? I never asked for this. And I, I thank God for the opportunities. But, the, but there are moments when the money gets frustrating. There's time, you know, you'd be surprised how emotional you can get. You know, when things don't go like you needed to go. And, and well, you, you, I'm sorry, you do know how that feels. And, and the, but there are moments when I have to tell myself, okay, listen, climb out of this tree and go someplace. Take another view. Here's, here's something I love to say. Sometimes we're talking about stuff, and, and, and we'll, in a conversation will go kind of like this. Well, we really, we really are trying to get another $5,000 to do this because we're trying to get this project done. And, and we've we got to go, go to the city and, and take it care of this and we've got a, you know, we got these, these, these hundred people we're trying to place and our membership is, you know, all these conversations and, I'll, and what I'll do is when we're frustrated and it's really busy, I got seven things on my schedule I'm trying to get done, I got this book deadline I'm fighting, I got this, all these things and, I'll, and what I'll do when we get like that, I'll say everybody pause for a minute and what would I say? I said listen to the conversation. My house is a mess, at least you got a house. My car, my car needs to be clean. At least you got a car. Listen, come on, say listen Listen. to the conversation. Sometimes if you just listen to the conversation, if you cannot be so frustrated, at least, yeah, I got seven kids and one is crazy. Okay, that means you got six on the right track. Come on, people, are you with me? Come on, everybody, six on the right track. Come on, six. Pastor Rick, I only got two. That means 50%. You're, all, you're 50% there. There's something about listening to the conversation. You're retired now and you, all you have is your memories. Listen to the conversation. You, you, you're retired. You made it. Hallelujah. And you got food in your mouth. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen. You got food in your mouth. My leg hurt. My, my leg hurt. That was annoying. You felt that, didn't you? <laughs> my leg hurt. That means the other one don't. <laughs> Arms okay. Neck okay. <laughs> Everybody say it again. Say, listen, listen to the conversation. Father, today I pray that the Spirit of God has spoken to us. I pray that the hand of God would lift us today to a new vision and a new way of looking at our lives. It's easy to let frustration slow us down. It's easy to have our own time clock. And because our ambitions didn't come in the season we thought they should come, we lose perspective. But God, I believe today 
we can learn from Judas' mistake. We can be ambitious. We can be hungry to excel. But we don't have to live in frustration. Father, we lift our hands today. And we acknowledge you. We celebrate you. And we lay before you all the things that frustrate us. And we declare in Jesus' name, we will leave here with a new attitude. We're going to listen to the conversation. We're going to celebrate the good and the challenging. And we're going to embrace the future with confidence in your word. We know the Holy Spirit will come and guide us to a better place. That's what Jesus promised. He'll take us to the truth. And so, God, we thank you for your peace today. Now, with every hand down and every head bowed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, after hearing this message, I know one thing I need to do is give my life to God. I need to get on a different road. You might be frustrated with churches. You might be frustrated with people, but God is not your problem. And if you need today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, for me to pray for you so that you can get your life going in the right direction. As a matter of fact, let me pray the prayer, and you just tell me if this prayer applies to you. Lord, today I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge, Lord God, that I have not been serving you, but today I surrender to you. I ask you to guide me, save me, deliver me from where I've been, take me to a new place. I accept your forgiveness and the chance to start again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, every head still bowed, every eye still closed. If that prayer is a prayer you know you needed to make because of your need to walk with God, you've not been walking with him. Raise your hand, please. Raise your hand so I can know who that is. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see other people raising their hands. Father, we agree in Jesus' name. And we declare by faith that they will be healed and free. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Well, did you enjoy today? 